0: Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, Wild Bird Expert for Pets Corner, and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Every week we're looking at a different bird, and this week we'll be looking at the spectacular pheasant. The harsh double bark of the pheasant is a sound inseparable from most of the British countryside yet these exotic-looking birds really belong no nearer to this country than the caucasus mountains of southwest asia but thanks to us common pheasants are a cosmopolitan creatures as one of the world's most widespread and successful introductions they've been released in about 50 different countries and now can be found on every continent except antarctica The pheasant is such a common sight that we take it for granted. Yet the male pheasant's coppery plumage and red face wattles, coupled with the tail that's as long again as its body, make him a strikingly beautiful bird. Captive breeding has also produced a number of colour variations and you may see birds with or without white neck rings, with metallic greenish plumage or even on rare occasions pure white specimens. Originally brought to Britain by the Normans or possibly even earlier by the Romans the pheasant has been part of the rural scene for so long it is effectively now a native bird. The reason of course, is that they're very good to eat, and also provide good sport for those who enjoy shooting birds due to their rapid flight. Yet its ambiguity is entirely artificial. At least 30 million pheasants, especially bred in captivity, are released into our countryside each year to sustain the multi million pound game industry. The annual release of so many birds inevitably has an effect on their landscape, not least because since organised pheasant shooting first became popular following the Enclosures Act of the early 19th century, many woods and coppices have either been spared from the axe or have been specially planted to give the birds cover. This, along with the supplementary seed put out to feed pheasants in winter, has provided both habitat and extra food for seed-eating birds, such as finches, buntings and sparrows. On the debit side, many natural predators such as crows, foxes and birds of prey have been controlled, i.e. trapped, poisoned or shot, to protect the released pheasants. It is even said that in the early 20th century, one gamekeeper used to shoot nightingales as their singing disturbed his precious chicks. Entomologists also worry that the effects that such large numbers of birds have on an insect larvae, especially the caterpillars of butterflies and moths. There's also evidence to show that pheasants have reduced the population of both slowworms and adders. Because of this, and through campaigning by conservation groups, the pheasant is now classified alongside Japanese knotweed and grey squirrels, a species that imperil native wildlife, and controls have been put in place to better control the number of pheasants being released in the UK countryside each year. This is not a ban on shooting, it's a move to bring the level of pheasants released down to an ecologically sensible amount. However, this may mean, in the future, pheasants become less and less noticeable in their rural landscape. For me, the pheasant, although I understand the arguments, are a bird of my childhood growing up in rural Kent. And as an early bird watcher, I was struck by both how common and yet exotic looking they were. And there is a large part of me that would miss them if they were not there. Although they do have the unnerving habit of remaining motionless, unseen in long grass, until some poor, unexpecting birdwatcher comes close, where they will explode into the air from virtually between my feet. I always say that a pheasant one day is going to kill me with fright. At least I'd die with my binoculars on. Soon up close, the male pheasant is a truly magnificent bird, with their iridescent copper-coloured plumage, greenish head and neck, small ear tufts, and the beautifully glossed purple of their throat and cheeks. Although pheasants do vary tremendously in their colour and shade, some are very pale, others almost black, some sport a white ring around their neck, others do not. But all have that distinctive long plumed tail. Though less brightly coloured than her mate, the female is also a splendid creature. She is more subtle in her markings, with a shorter tail, and she can stay camouflaged whilst sitting on her clutch of eggs. What a lot of people don't realise is there are actually three species of pheasant on the British bird list, and it wouldn't seem right not discussing them alongside our far familiar common pheasant, of these two, one is very rare and localised, and the other is probably already extinct here, and they would be the golden pheasant and Lady Amherst pheasant. With the golden pheasant, this species is a shy and elusive inhabitant of the lush temperate and subtropical forests of southwest China. It was introduced to Britain from the late 19th centuries and a number of sites, including southwest Scotland, north Wales, the Norfolk and Suffolk Brecklands, the Hampshire and Sussex Downs, and also Dorset. For a while, these populations did well, most notably in the dry pine woods of East Anglia. But in recent years, it has disappeared from many areas, and in steep decline, even in its Breckland stronghold. Most people now see this species in the Wolferton and Sandringham areas of West Norfolk. The British population may no longer be truly self-sustaining and it is quite feasible that the species may now die out in the wild here. It can also occasionally be encountered away from its traditional location thanks to escapees or deliberate releases. The male golden pheasant is truly spectacular and unmistakable, drabbed in red and yellow with a golden shawl and long brownish gold tail females are both elusive and increasingly rare so the chances of seeing one in britain are shrinking fast they're brown and therefore superficially like common pheasant but are smaller and have a ghosting of a white natural in the case of lady amherst pheasant this close relative of the golden pheasant is also a shy inhabitant of the forest of southwest china Also introduced in the 19th century, Lady Amherst pheasant occurred mainly in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire, as well as several other sites in southern England and north Wales. The former population fried up until the 1970s, but has recently suffered a catastrophic decline, and is now considered to be potentially or actually extinct in the wild in Britain. As with the golden pheasant, the occasional escaped or deliberately released bird can be encountered. Discussing the identification of the species is therefore perhaps a little academic, but the males are striking indeed. Glossy blue, black and white, with a golden rump, prominent white nape shrill, and a long black and barred tail, with red sides at its base. Females closely resemble golden pheasant but are darker and richer brown and the barring does not extend to the belly which is plain. The orbital skin is extensive and grey in colour and the legs are grey also. The male common pheasants' far-carrying harsh cronk, which usually comes with a loud flurry of wings shaking, is often heard from deep cover, where the bird hides away from predators. Pheasants often call in response to loud noises or vibration, and there are stories of them calling before earthquake strikes, and even birds in Kent reacting to the sound of gunfire across the English Channel during the Second World War. With regards to breeding the nesting season begins with courtship as the roosters scattered from the winter cover to establish territories hens attracted to the crowing locate roosters and if they can find good nesting cover begin building nests once the nest is built hens lay one egg each day the average clutch is 12 but they may lay up to 18. after all the eggs are laid The actual number will depend on the energy reserves of the hen and also the time of year. The hen will begin incubating and only leave the nest one or two times to feed each day. 23 days after incubation, the eggs will hatch. Some nests are destroyed, but pheasants are determined nesters and will try again. All fertile eggs in a nest hatch within 24 hours of one another. Shortly after hatching, the hen leads the brood to covered farmland or woodland edges. They have plenty of insects for the chicks to find. These insects are needed in the chicks diet for the rapid growth that occurs in the first few weeks of life. More than 90% of a chicks diet is insects during the first week and 50% during the first five weeks. During this first few weeks, the brood will stay relatively close to home, about 10 to 20 acres surrounding the nest site, but eventually expand their home range to nearly 70 acres. At three weeks, the chicks are capable of short flights, and by eight weeks they can sustain adult-like flight. The hen will remain with the brood for about eight to ten weeks, but even under her watchful eye, half the brood will be lost to mortality. By the time the young pheasants reach 16 weeks of age, their plumage is virtually indistinguishable from the adults. The pheasant is mainly seen in open spaces and woodland areas in the country. However, they will occasionally wander close to suburban gardens, but can be very nervous in their behaviour so close to so many people. They have a varied diet of grain, berries, insects, worms, grass and fruit. They will forage for food on the ground and occasionally in trees and hedgerows. They are better than some birds at dealing with winter and will readily scratch through inches of snow for grit, grain, residues and weed seeds. A great way if you want to feed pheasants is with Peter and Paul clean plate. It's a variety of sunflower hearts, peanut granules, millet, pinhead oatmeal and of course Nutravio to aid digestion. But pheasants aren't generally fussy. Scatter a little seed daily on the ground, and then make short work of consuming it. Although if you would like to do your very very best for them, I'd recommend you'd also scatter a little chicken grit. A good choice would be feather and beaky grit. This is a mixture of flint grit, limestone grit, oyster shell, cockle shell and charcoal. Flint grit acts like teeth in the crop to help pheasants grind up their food. Limestone grit, oyster and cockle shell have a high mineral content, so will help pheasants produce good eggs. And charcoal enhances palatability of food and aids in digestion. Now some people are garden proud. They don't like a mess. If that's the case and you want a mix with a little something for all the birds, then you should go for Peter and Paul clean plate. Peter and Paul Clean Plate has seeds that have their husk removed. For you this means no discarded husk cluttering up your garden, and for the birds Clean Plate means high energy. Birds don't have to break into the seed, so no energy is expelled in actually eating this. This mix is very free-flowing, so it goes perfectly through a standard seed feeder. It can be placed on a bird table, and as it doesn't contain any husks, it's perfect for scattering on the ground, just in case you do have a few pheasants pop in. The more ways you feed birds, the more birds you'll have in your garden. Like all Peter and Paul mixes, Clean Play has added Nutravio, a natural seed coating which is not only a fantastic energy source, but it also inhibits bacterial growth so can help prevent birds picking up common bugs, like salmonella and E. coli. Peter and Paul seed mixes have been created to provide your garden birds with a more complete style of meal. Remember, if you just feed one type of food, peanuts let's say, or a lower quality seed mix, you're not giving your birds everything they need. And that distinction could be the difference between birds surviving in your garden and thriving you will see pheasants in the countryside, in fields, sat on hedges, on the side of roads and sometimes in gardens if food is in plentiful supply. And they, in fact, can be seen in most of the UK in open countryside, near woodland, coppices and hedgerow. Although they are not common in upland and urban areas and not seen in the far north and west of Scotland. With regards to conservation, Well, around 30 million are released each year on shooting estates, although, as I've mentioned, that figure is now reducing in the UK. So there's no concern about numbers. As I've also already mentioned, common pheasants were introduced to the UK long ago for breeding as a game bird to satisfy those who like to shoot them for sport. As well as being wild, is the most popular breed of game farms, and for this reason one of the most hunted birds. They were first introduced to Britain in the 10th century, but became locally extinct in the early 17th century. It was rediscovered as a game bird in the 1830s, and since has been extensively reared by gamekeepers. They are bred to be hunted in the UK, and a hunt takes the form of paying guns, waiting for the birds to be driven over them by beaters. The open season in the UK is October to February, under the Game Act of 1831. It was a popular royal pastime in Britain to shoot common pheasants. King George V shot over a 1,000 pheasants out of a bag of 3,937 over a six-day period in December 1913, a total which still stands as the British record. Farmed birds are also supplied to restaurants and butchers for human consumption, and it is estimated that UK farms have some 35 million birds. But, as I've already mentioned, things are changing with regards to releasing pheasants in the UK. So if you do have them popping into your garden, give them a little food. They may be a much rarer sight in the future. Whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after pheasants and other garden birds by providing a wildlife-friendly garden that includes water and having the very, very best food available for them. Foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul wild bird foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of our wonderful Pets Corner stores. And the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk Well, that's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed this look at pheasants. For further birds, please continue to check out the stream. I look forward to speaking to you soon.